I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They, they just gatekeep knowledge, you know? They're, they're to total masters of deception. They manipulate everything. You know, these, these pricks at the hell that lie to us. It's... I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. They're, they're setting it up for the Great Deception. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, right? it, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. For well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. And welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. Tonight, I have the honor of having my first repeat guest, nice. Mr. Emmanuel Kingman. How you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent. I'm honored to be your first repeat guest. You know, this your show is one of the best shows for the type of stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. And for me to be the one to come back on uh, a second, the first person to come back on a second time, that's a high honor to me. Yeah, man. I am so excited about tonight because uh, what we're going to talk about is something that's new to me for the most part. I hadn't really, I'd heard of it a couple times mentioned until I heard your WTF is a Tartarian article. And then when the way you laid it out in there, I started thinking about it. I'm like, wow, this is something that really needs to be included in the equation of things we're looking into. And what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, Christ's millennial kingdom and the, uh, you know, the millennial reign of Christ. And what really, and, and let me just kind of set this up, because what you did was an eight part series um, as a, a YouTube piece. And then you just recently had released it on your podcast. So, right. Guys, everyone go check out uh, it's the Godcast Darkness Over. Uh, <laughs> sorry, no, go check out the Godcast. OK, darkness, light over goodness darkness. over darkness, goodness over darkness. Sorry. <laughs> and your YouTube page, because the video I like the videos. I'm a visual guy, yeah. so uh, I, I enjoyed listening to it. But I got much more out of it by by seeing the visual of it, too. But what you did is you broke it into an eight part series. And for the most part, they're they're like 15 to 30 minutes, which is, you know, for for me, that's right in my wheelhouse, because when I get a break at work, it's usually about 15, 20, 25 minutes. And I can, you know, pop one of these things on while I'm doing some mindless work. And it's beautiful. And then you the wrap up. The last one was about an hour. But um 
you know, you hit on such a wide variety of topics from, you know, the sacred geometry uh, and, you know, frequencies to the destruction to, you know, you touch on revelation and, and go, you know, basically soup to nuts. You, you cover it all. And that's why I wanted to, you know, I'm, I'm glad you reached out to me and I, I love having this opportunity to walk through this with you because uh, to hear it firsthand is, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited. Well, it was thanks to you because I heard you on Andy's show uh, when you guys did the round table. You were on there with uh, Andre Xertis, uh, Casey from Golden Gate, Star Force Command, and you guys were doing that. And I heard you guys talk about Christ's Millennial Kingdom. And I was like, you know what? I haven't done a breakdown on that. And I've just mentioned it, but I was like, I should actually make a series about this. And what that did for me was like I already had a, a really good understanding of it. I mean, as far as one can, you know, it's, no one's really an expert in any of this. This is uh, theoretical uh, with evidence, but it is still theoretical stuff. So it's hard to really say anyone is an expert in something that uh, of this magnitude, you know, that's like piecing things together. So I, I did have a firm understanding of what it was, what the discussion is about and i was like okay let me dive into this and let me present it and what that did for me i started off and i was going to do one long video and then i was like you know what i think it would be better if i broke it down into 15 to 30 minute videos like you said and then in doing that it was like okay let me do it this way and everything just kept piling on i started out with okay it's going to be four parts then it's six parts then it's seven then it's eight and now i even i have more that i'm adding on to it uh, or will be adding on to it because there is so much to this and these are the other two parts that i already have in mind are parts that are uh really needed in order to get a more full grasp of it because like the beginning part of it how it started I haven't really covered that. I mean, I, I touch on it, but there is a lot to 66 to 73 AD, what was going on in that time. So I have to really get into that. Josephus and Tacitus, these uh, historians. And also the event that I believe is the rapture is the Carrington event. I believe that was the rapture. And there's biblical uh, evidence for me and my understandings of how everything has been going that that is why it is. So, you know, there's two more parts right there where it's going to be some really mind blowing stuff, but yeah, I definitely uh, want to say thank you to you for uh, talking about that on that series or in that uh, round table discussion, because that's what set me on the path. And I'm glad to be here with you because uh, you know, different podcast hosts, I'm going on a few different shows uh, talking about it. And the different hosts have different understandings of what Tartaria is. And your understandings of it, I feel, are very, uh, very deep. And that you and I can really break some stuff down here. Excellent. Well, let's get into it then. All right. So the Millennial Kingdom, if anyone's unfamiliar with, it's in the Bible. They talk about uh, there's going to be a thousand-year reign of Christ. It's in the book of Revelation. And it says it six times in the book of Revelation that there will be a thousand-year reign of Christ. And then there's two mentions of 
the uh, Satan being loosed from the pit after the thousand year reign of Christ. So that's the time period I believe we're in because I believe the millennial kingdom has happened. So what the millennial kingdom would be is a thousand years where Satan, the adversary, who the adversary of Christ, which Christ is all of humanity. So it's the adversary of humanity, the evil rulers that run the realm. They weren't here for a thousand years and now they're back and they're loose to deceive all the nations of the world to go to the four corners of the earth, to gather Gog and Magog, to do battle with so many people that it's the same, that it's the number of sand on the shore or the number of stars in the sky there's different metaphors like that used in the Bible, and we have 8 billion people on Earth, approximately 8 billion people on Earth, which is way more than any other time period. So I believe that's just another uh, piece of evidence as to why we're in that season. So the millennial- One of the things I like that uh, uh, the ways you break it down is that it's not an instant switch, right? right. You're not going to go from the- millennial reign of christ into the anti reign it's gonna be a gradual progression out of the reign of christ and then a gradual progression into the other the other side right um and i i like how you because some people think it when they think about this they think it's almost like instantaneous you know, right. you hit that end of a thousand years and all of a sudden, boom, it's an instant switch. No, you're going to start seeing signs of this degradation during the end of the reign, right? right? And then you're going to build up into it to a point where you get to utter chaos and just, and you know, destruction, mayhem. And then it's going to slowly wane back out of that phase as well. Yeah, right? well, it's, in- it's interesting because Jesus says that there's going to be these are the beginnings of the birth pains, he says, you know, war and rumors of war, famine, pestilence. He says the, these are the beginnings. And if the rapture event was uh, the Carrington event, 1859, well, then the wars and rumors of war, pestilence, uh, the year without a summer, all that was in 1812, 1816. And I think it probably started with the uh constitution being signed and and put into effect in 1789 so that's a 70-year period but there's probably still was because obviously we know there were things going on before that that there was a winding down that things weren't completely perfect for a thousand years that even when we talk about humans being left to their own devices uh it's going to be what I feel it's going to be that there's still people being people and there are going to be differences of opinion and not everyone's going to get along and people are going to have, you know, their own areas that they congregate to because they like this thing or they like to do that thing, you know? Um, so when I wrote the article, WTF is a Tartarian, that's when I really just got into the millennial kingdom. So I don't know that it would have been only uh i think i wrote in there like 600 years of complete peace which it may have been something like that but i'm thinking now that i'm a little more into i'm thinking maybe it's more like 800 years of complete like harmony and that there was like a 70 year to 100 year build up and a 70 year to 100 year uh wind down so which is essentially like a generation or two right you're it's gonna take and and what did we see 
go back to the 1800s, right? We start seeing that right around the time of the Carrington event, the 1850s to the 1900s, we see some utter devastation. We see orphan trains. We see all sorts of things that would fit in into your narrative for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so many weird things. The asylums, uh, just, there's so much weird stuff happening in the 1800s, but yeah, it really started with, uh, the Declaration of Independence, 1776, that's really what started kicking things off. But it was the Constitution being signed uh, that I think was the 70 or not being signed, but being put into effect, which was March 3rd, I believe, of 1789. That was the uh, time where it talks about in Isaiah that Babylon would rule for 70 years a- until... Uh, God would stop Babylon's rule, which was the Carrington event, which was the rapture event. So that's it was 70 years and five months as mentioned in Isaiah. And that's exactly how long it was from uh, March 3rd, 1789 until September 1st and 2nd, 1859, when the Carrington event occurred. So, I mean, it's very biblical, these events. And that's interesting, too, because I think the Illuminati was created in 1776 as well yeah yeah the bavarian illuminati yes yeah with weishaupt yeah and that's so that's that's an interesting date because you have that that's going on in europe right and then you have the uh, american revolution constitution independence uh going on over here wow okay i like it yeah it was like there was some kind of secret society still happening in public before uh, Satan before the adversary was released that maybe there was satanic worship happening in secret and they were preparing for because somehow they were in communication with the adversaries that were locked in the abyss or Tartarus as you know we call this Tartaria a lot of people are like it's Tartaria and they're unknowingly talking about uh, the state of or the condition of or belonging to tartar because the suffix ia that's what the definition is is a state of condition of or belonging to and tartarus is greek and biblical for hell or sheol the deepest darkest part of the abyss where the fallen the main transgressor excuse me the main transgressors would be locked in chains and made to worship the sun. And when I look up at the sky and I see seven planets and the book of Enoch says there's seven main transgressors that are going to be locked in chains for 10,000 years. And I look up at the planets. I'm like, yeah, they're locked in chains. They are in these elliptical chains around the sun. Everything in our sky is moving. We're not moving, but all the planets in the sky are moving, revolving around the sun. And uh, the sun is there shining on us, but it's moving around us and all the planets are moving around it. So it's very symbolic for they are prisoners that we look at and they are forced to revolve around Christ and Christ is shining his light on us as he as he does for us. And they were only supposed to be watchers who were stars. And they became wandering stars because they wandered from their position 
of being watchers because they wanted to join us. So now I believe they're locked in prison. And this is, I think, where a lot of Gnosticism gets uh, their cues from, is that the fallen angels are locked in prison and they're being cast down onto earth. Their light is us. They are cast down into the earth or onto the earth as us. And we have to figure out how to get out of this quote unquote prison because we are locked in place here because of what we do our fall. So there's a lot of different things that kind of lead me in that direction. But once you start to look at it in that sense, it makes a lot of sense that that's what's going on and that we're the remnants. We are the, the adversary of Christ. And that when we come around to it, that's when Christ, his final return is new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem it, on earth, because then earth becomes part of heaven, the heavenly realms, and we all get to party or whatever, you know, it's a big jubilee. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I've heard people say that this is a prison planet, right? Yeah. That we are trapped here. And some will say that you're trapped here until you get it right for yourself, right? And until you master your journey and however many iterations that may take, it's it's on you. And and it's your weakness that that ends up not allowing you to become your best you. And and so you end up repeating. And and I I really have some belief in that because I feel like some individuals are here for a certain reason. They're here to do a certain thing and that's their thing. And other people have a totally different purpose here. But in the end, that's their journey. And and the way for them to maximize their journey is that route. And yeah, those paths are really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Well, if everyone here is a reflection of one another, then it kind of is exactly what you said, that we would keep replicating. We would keep repeating this process because then another one of us is born, you know, like, okay, maybe last simulation there was like one less person or maybe a billion less people because then we did all these things wrong. So then we needed to multiply to be at this simulation and and maybe there is something to that. Uh, but I think it's not necessarily that one person has to get it right. It's that we all have to get it right all at the same time because this is the time for it. And maybe we've never gotten it right. And that's why we think that there's all these different reset, not necessarily think, but that we can identify all these different reset events because maybe that is how this place is set up. This prison is set up until we understand how to worship Christ and and bring him into us or allow him to work through us. Maybe that is what's going on that we all have to. Now, I don't know exactly everything, you know, obviously uh, none of us do, but I think that there is validity to us needing to stop trying to do our will. And I talked about this earlier on my live is, don't do things from your own perspective. Don't do things from your own value system and think like, oh, I'm so great because according to my value system, I'm doing this right, this right, and this right. And according to your value system, uh, or according to my value system, you're doing this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong. So we have to lose the singular perspective and gain the perspective of others around us so that it is uh, you know, if I am 
approaching something with you and I, it's not just, okay, what's best for me, but what's best for the both of us. And maybe it's going to be a little worse for me, maybe a little worse for you, but generally speaking, what's going to be the best situation here? Because there's a lot of difficult situations in one's life uh, where you have to, okay, this person's treating me poorly. Do I allow that and just take it or do I address it? and maybe cause conflict. But there's actually a middle ground that you can address it without causing conflict. And that's the objectively best place to be. And so I think that there is validity to what you're saying now, how it all operates, like I said, is a, a true mystery. Yeah, no, I and I'm with that. Because one of the things, you know, in a, a, along my journey, is I've started looking at other people. And, and when I have frustration or anger with someone else, rather than blowing up, I'm trying to figure out why, you know, and, and is that because it's on me or is it that, you know, that's their journey. So they need to do their thing. And yes, it may not fit into what I see things as, but that's their trip. They need to try that. They need to experience that. And I can't hold judgment of that because I'm, although I may not be going through that, I have other issues of my own but I'm going to, I'm going to blindly ignore those. Right. And, and just look at other people's faults. And, and when you start looking in the mirror is when you really start making some changes, you know, it's easy to point the finger at others, they say, but when you do, there's three pointing back at you. So yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. And Mimi just joined us. So that means that all the female animals had to come with her. Uh, I love Mimi it. All the cats. Yeah, the cats, dogs. <laughs> no, usually the cats don't come with me. The dogs do. She's just being weird today. No, she, she wants some treats. That's why she came back. She doesn't <laughs> usually get them from me. So I don't know why she's coming to me. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, what, so what you were saying, I think that it's a little bit of uh, like if you get mad at a situation, I think like say someone cuts you off and you feel anger. Well, I think it's a little bit of projection from the other person and it's a little bit of your own stuff from the past uh, pattern behaviors that you have grown to uh, live by. And, and this is true for everybody, you know, I'm not just saying you, but I think it's a little of both that it is the other person's stuff and it is your stuff. Or if the other person's getting angry, you're projecting onto them and they're, uh, acting out pattern behavior so it's always because we are a collective so mm-hmm. yes. everything is hap- happening in an objective view someone somewhere is watching us act these things out and they can see the true nature of and this is what a life review is they can see the true nature of who's wrong and who's right in any given situation and there is an objective right and wrong in situations now does it cause you to experience things so that you can then change your mindset for the future of course so when people do that they say oh there is no right and wrong everything's just experience well that's just not true because if you weren't wrong then you wouldn't know how to act right and if you're now acting right then you obviously acted wrong before so uh, a, a lot of the spiritual community they'll they'll confuse you with uh spiritual mumbo jumbo that just gets repeated uh, and people never graduate out of that level of thinking into the objective level of thinking, which is what I've done with the, to bring it back to this, is what I've turned Tartaria into for myself, that I've studied people who are studying multiple things. And when I started to have my Christ awakening the way that I did, 
and Tartaria came into my life the way that it did at the same time. Like I'm interviewing all these different people who are really big into it. Uh, Andreas Exertis, Howdy McCoskey, uh, Michelle Gibson, yourself, uh, Casey from Golden Gate uh, Starford Command. When I start interviewing all these different people, I start getting little different perspectives. You know, it's roughly the same thing, but it's different perspectives. Then when I came across uh, Christ Millennial Kingdom, this was a whole new concept to me. And I was like, wait a second. So I get invited to a Facebook group that all these Christians are like, oh yeah, this is, that's, it's not Tartaria. No, this is biblical. And they start breaking it down. And I'm like, wow, there is so much research being done here that, that all these great people with hundreds of thousands of followers, tens of thousands of followers on YouTube and, uh, you know, podcasts, they're not looking at this at all. And there's this little section of people that, you know, maybe there's 2000 people here, maybe a thousand people there that are doing this. And it's like, wait a second, this makes more sense to me than any of the other stuff. Because if there was a civilization that was free and loving and peaceful, and it was worldwide, well, the way that they treat Jesus and Christ in mainstream, they wear the upside down cross. They're very disrespectful to him. And like, yeah, that makes sense that they want to cover up that he came back or that, you know, the spirit or energy of Christ was here reigning over earth and that Satan wasn't here. Well, they are satanic. They're the Satanists. They wouldn't want to say that. Yeah, we were in prison for a thousand years while you guys were here. And now we broke out and we're ruling over you again. Of course they would hide that. That makes more sense to me than any of the other possibilities. And, and it was uh, coinciding with my own personal uh, revelation, synchronicities, uh, and learning who Christ is. And he's telling me different things, you know, in my meditations and, and in my research, he'll just like connect something that I'm watching a video and he'll connect something from something I watched seven months ago with one line. And it's like the most profound thing ever, you know? And that would meet their MO of inversion, oh, right? Yeah. That's that's the other thing we have to consider nowadays is that the era that we are in currently is just everything has been flipped upside down. Yeah. So we ha- always have to take that into consideration that you know can't take everything at face value, and 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 that's a that's a really good point. I, I like the way you look at that too because a lot of people would just say, oh you know, uh, it's another, here we go. It has to revolve around the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where everybody goes. So, oh, it has to be the Bible again, because it, we have to go back, but no, you even go into the Bible and you're pulling pieces out. You, you went through the book of revelation in, in your piece and, and really broke it down into a sense where you can say, listen, yes, it does have biblical grounds in it, but there's also other pieces to it outside the Bible that do fit into this puzzle and make it a, an entire picture. Yeah, well, the thing with the Bible is it's a history book that we now look at as a, uh, we call it a religious book, but religion uh, could be sport is religion science is religion you do things religiously you wash clothes every sunday at 10 a.m that's doing it religiously you know you play basketball on wednesdays at 6 p.m with your buddies that's religious religion means tradition so when you swap out the words in your head it starts to make more sense oh the 
the Christian tradition does things this way. The Muslim tradition does things this way. Uh, and, and uh, excuse me, instead of calling it religion, call it tradition. So when we look at the Bible, it's not religion. It's not even tradition. It's, well, it's the tradition of humanity, the history of humanity. And people will say all the time, oh, they stole from the Sumerian tablets. They stole from this prior Egyptian civilization. It wasn't stealing. It was history. So they wrote it down. It was, you know, is America writing things down now? It's happening in Ukraine and Russia, whether it's accurate or inaccurate. They're writing things down, right? So it's not stealing from Ukraine and Russia. No, we're just living alongside them and we're writing our own history. Well, the Bible is the history of humanity, whereas the Sumerian tablets are the history of the fallen angels. The uh, history of the Egyptians is the Ajiji, uh, possibly, you know, the, the cone-headed uh, beings that uh, were there. So they're writing their history, and it's called Egyptian. And, you know, you're doing a lot of work, and myself is that maybe Egypt was actually in America. So what we're told isn't necessarily what's going on now, but the Bible is humanity's version of history. So when you start to understand that there is historical evidence for the plagues of Egypt, like all over the place, uh, uh, I mean, just crazy amounts. How of many things. flood stories are there out there too, yeah. right? Yeah. There's like 30 some civilizations. Mm -hmm that uh or worldwide that, that talk Is about that all it. the same time yeah Ish. yeah so yeah, like, border, like you know, the c word like the c word is everywhere at one time and, and everyone could give you us. a completely different perspective on it yeah well see that's interesting the bible says that only eight humans survived right but we have all these different civilizations talk about it well were they hybrids were mm -hmm. they not complete humans because the uh the Hopi, they went underground with the ant people who came up from underground to, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff. There's people who talk about going up on mountains, a lot of weird stuff with that. But like um, with the Egyptian uh, stuff that I was talking about, the 10 plagues, they've actually found different chariots underwater as if the Red Sea parted and then swallowed them all up. Like there's literally historical evidence for all the stuff in the bible so when you start to understand it that way and now you're applying okay this is history you know we're going through these events that we talk about in the 1800s you know that's what really got me started into it was okay jesus talked about war rumors of war famine pestilence and everyone's like oh we're in the end times and i'm like no nah, this is made up this is not real right now you know this is completely fabricated so then once I start to find that, I'm like, oh, that already happened. Oh, the sun was blackened out. Oh, there was no moon. Uh, like, oh, okay, all these events happened. Rivers and, change directions, you know, yeah. like all this stuff that's mythical, right? You, oh, would, yeah. you would, it's, it's, it's almost fairy tale type stuff that all happens within, you know, a quarter century. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started looking at that and people, uh, that study etymology they're like no it didn't happen yet and i'm like yeah yeah it did it was like look at between 1811 and 1816 look at what happened all those things were fulfilled and so that's uh what really got me into it and then i didn't even know at that time that those ow that those Sucker. were 
Jesus's words. Well, be careful around her neck. She doesn't like it. I don't like her on the table. How about that? Okay. So sorry. That's all right. So (laughs) anyway, uh, so those were Jesus's words. And I was like, okay, well, that holds more meaning to me. Jesus's actual words hold more meaning to me than the rest of the Bible at that point, you know, and and it still does. I think when Jesus spoke, it was very specific. And uh, then when we talk about the book of Revelation, he's the one talking about certain things that are going to happen to John. And that's, you know, more things that were happening. So it's not just uh, the book of Revelation that's being fulfilled, but it's the book of Isaiah, the book of Job, uh, the book of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, they're the Gospels, uh, you know, where Jesus spoke specifically, that all of these things that they talk about, not I mean, not every single thing happened then, because obviously the prophecies were for over the course of thousands of years, but all of the end times type of prophecies were fulfilled. That's what really got me started in my understandings of all of that so that's how i use the bible is as a history book and i match it up with historical events now again we don't know time what time it is the timeline stuff is really throws a wrench into everything but when you look at how satan can't create you know the adversary can't create on its own it can only manipulate what is there then you can start to feel around a little bit and this is where what I talk about in the article WTF is a Tartarian, the coins and the buildings that say I-770 and J-640, and now it's changed to 1770 and 1640. And I have a little bit of that in uh, the series as well. I, I mean, I could have done uh, several videos on that type of uh, stuff right there. So there, there's just so much to it, but it does the Bible and the history we have do line up uh, exactly. What do you think about the timeline? I know uh, we we spoke on this before, and if you know if the Fomenko folks are are more correct, and there has been a thousand years added, that would mean we're in you know ten twenty two right now, which is just a little under a thousand years after the death of Christ, right? Yeah. So what I think, uh, every time that I look at the timeline manipulation, what comes to me is that we're in the 1200s, 12 to 1300s, that uh, it's just what comes to mind. And uh, when you're intuitive and you develop these spiritual gifts and uh, you start to lean into that type of thing for a certain amount of time, when a thought just continually pops in your head you you kind of you know you really don't have anything else to go on but but what's uh, intuitively coming to you so that's where i feel that we are now i know that time has been manipulated and i think that there is a lot of uh truth in what Fomenko says but i don't buy all of what he says uh, i don't i look at things that's the fractal nature that things are repeating themselves on smaller and larger scales and it could seem like one thing's a phantom event when it's really not. And this is, again, this is what I talked about on the Instagram live earlier is that the two events are occurring and one can be used as a metaphor for the other, but it doesn't take any significance away from the literal of both. 
And uh, I think that that happens a lot, especially in the conspiracy theory, because it's theoretical. People are theorizing on things and they're trying to grasp this one thing. And how can this one thing be true? Well, if this one thing is true, then it must be this is metaphorical. And instead of saying, okay, well, this one thing is true, but this one thing is true, but they're metaphorical for each other because life is fractal and they're it's repeating itself on smaller and larger scales on larger and smaller uh time frames population wise you know what's happening but for example uh there's a lot of stuff that'll tell you that you're the own you're your own hero you're the main character of your own life i think it's a gnostic belief uh but it i believe that's true that we are our own heroes but on the largest scale possible there would be one hero for all of humanity right Yep. I mean, so that's the fractal nature of life. And that is Christ within all of us is the hero of us all and saves everybody. So, I mean, that's to me how it works. But I know, not that I know, but I can see that there was 700 years added on when I see that there was no apartments being built in Rome from, was it 2.30 to 9.30? And uh, just there's a a lot of different things uh, that add up like that that they weren't doing things or they were doing things and it like they were building these phenomenal cathedrals and churches but not living spaces for 700 years it just doesn't make sense yeah there's a lot of of interest and that that all that time frame also incorporates the dark ages right so that's a whole you get into the the phantom time theory there with it with that period as to whether that even took place and was that manipulated? So yeah, it's it's interesting. Now, how do you? What are your thoughts or or in this? How does this tie in with the Tartaria? You know, a, as a whole, right? I mean, we I've done enough research on it where I have yet to see, you know, Tartaria, so to speak, be anything other than a landmass on a map, right? And and but from a concept. You know, I understand it as, you know, a possible worldwide civilization, uh, one world civilization. Um, but I don't un- I'm not quite sure how how it ties in here with like the buildings and, you know, star forts and things like that, because I've also seen some other things recently that are that are interesting on uh, the Roman god Janus mm-hmm. and how and it ties in with your idea of Tartarus because he was this God who was the creator of, he gave man the ability to create walls. And, you know, he was kind of this, almost like I see him as kind of a chaotic figure, almost like a Loki figure where he, they, they claimed he was the God of all gods, you know, Jack of all trades type guy, Mm -hmm. but he also, (laughs) I don't know. He, you know, he's like the, 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 the two face God, right. If you look right. at it, the one where one face is looking one way, one face is looking the other. So he can supposedly see, you know, beginnings and endings, everything. Um, he's an interesting character for sure that like all these major archways are actually in honor of him yes. because like you said, he sees both ways. So you go through both things. He's the most loving, peaceful God in one sense, but he's also, the most uh, diabolical, uh, evil uh, god that that there could be. He's the first Roman god. That's why the month of January is named after yep. him. Makes me think of a St. Louis arch. 
Yeah, well, yeah. makes me think of that or or France, right? Mm-hmm. Or all those mm-hmm. more arches to the the, the old ones arches. and the new ones, yeah. And yeah, a lot of exactly. Russia too in that area. And and he's also a big guy in keys. Um, he was the god of keys, also. And and one of the things that they said is, hmm. you know, if you think about it, he he might have held the frequent key, right? Oh, the frequency wow. key. So one of the um Paul from What the Flock TV did a whole, I mean, yeah. he does a, a couple ton of on videos on him, yeah. But the Starfort one really got me thinking because that kind of checked multiple boxes of Janice uh, of saying, oh, he was the one. And, and that ties in with what we had. T- I know I've talked with you about this before and, and the possibility that some of these buildings may have been created by dark forces, but the many of them were created during the rain. And, and for good purposes yeah yeah well that's interesting i haven't seen uh that video on janice with the starfort uh connection but uh, i mean i will say that even when we talk about the coins being i and j and uh different things like that well janice would be Janus or Janus, and mm. uh, i mean that's an interesting thing uh, as a quick side note you know how they sports are bread and circus well you have Giannis Antetokounmpo right in the east versus King James in the west right and then you have Janus versus King James yeah uh in the you know biblical times I mean uh that's just a very strange uh coincidence you know yeah coincidence well sports sports is one of those right I mean yeah. sports is full of that if you you know go watch Zach Hubbard for a week and tell me sports isn't fixed or anything like that because that guy at gematria affects sports he just breaks it down and shows you based on the numbers and what's going on that it's all part of their little story yeah he's like the only one that i've ever come across that can actually break down the gematria and use it to uh get things right usually when you find someone with gematria it's like after the fact and they're using it to to benefit like oh look it was 33 was everywhere it was the masons and it's like yeah well there's probably 40 and 72 and so many different numbers were probably well, that's involved. like that's like after 9 11 when people tried to say oh nostradamus predicted this because yeah, he yeah. talked about two twins falling like guys stop <laughs> you know you are grasping at straws here come on right. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh, that's just a weird thing but the i i still do think that the things being i and j uh when they say in the year of our lord that's when i believe that it's talking about uh jesus Mm -hmm. versus uh, i mean it could be a perversion because you know jesus may not be on money and it may be janice would be on the money uh in the roman system you know it's a whole separate convo and uh, a lot of research that would have to be done into that uh and it gets into the inversion too right because Giannis kind of sounds like jesus but it's different it's kind of the opposite the antithesis so you know yeah Yeah. you you could take this theory either way it could be iesus or 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 jesus or ionis or Giannis. you know it's 
it's one of those, it just, it was another one of those things that when I heard him talk about it and knowing what I've, I've, I've seen on your research, it's like, wow, this is a whole nother avenue to look into because it could all correlate. It could all tie in with that whole idea of, you know, Tartarus. Right. Well, so, okay. What your original question you said about Tartaria and I'll get to the star forts as well is that Tartaria, like you said, all that I can really find is that it it is a landmass, but there is people who are leaving that landmass and going to the Americas that are called Tartars as well. I know Casey uh, from Golden Gate Star Force Command. He does a lot on Tartars, and there uh, in California, all these high school teams that use Tartars as their mascot and uh, name, and, and so on and so forth. So there is a lot of people being called Tartars. Well, and you know, it's interesting, Emmanuel, I just thought about this. What's the big bike gang out there? Um, Mongols. Oh, and and, Mongolia. Yeah. And, and that's the tar, you know, that was where one of the regions of Tartaria. So yeah, that's interesting. Cause I've seen Casey's work on, a lot of that on and he's drawn some great conclusions out there right. and that ties in with what Fomenko said right also because he said that uh that Bering Strait bridge was basically still you know Tartarian land all the way across into Canada right. and California basically might have been up to the Mississippi um yeah. probably down into Florida as well you know going down that uh west coast down to Mexico across the Gulf of Mexico and oh well, yeah, Florida. I got this this giant. I don't know if you can see it here. Oh, no, that's a giant book. I can but see yeah, that. It's, <laughs> it's that Theodore de Bry, uh, America, and it's it's uh, like drawings from 1590 to 1602, oh, wow. and it has all of these crazy drawings. There's some with like these giant people. There's uh like some of the natives like filleting the the westerners and some of the westerners doing magic with the with the you know the natives and it's just wow. a really trippy book I'm, i plan on eventually doing a little video on it one day i, I still haven't even really yeah, cracked I'm curious it. to see what's in there yeah yeah sure it's super interesting mm-hmm. yeah so i think that the the tartars or the mongols Oh, and there's another interesting part of that. Genghis Khan, he was credited for having, you know, birthing one third of yeah. the entire world. So, I mean, if they're the Tartars, then and his children went out everywhere, then I mean, they, they would be going everywhere. But uh, to me, I don't think Tartaria was the one world was called Tartaria. I think that is what was taken over and claimed for Tartarus in some way, some shape or form, somehow. I don't know if it was when Satan was loose from the pit, but it it's something where Tartarus was then on earth and that was their kingdom. And they took over what may have been the spot that was Christ's millennial kingdom, you know, where he was ruling from or close to it. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot more that I could, could really look at to get a greater understanding. But even when we look into all these things, we don't know if uh, Jesus himself was a man again, or, or if he what Christ was coming through another man who was living at that time. 
Uh, I think that that has happened uh, on on occasion. You know, even in the Bible, has all these different prophets where Christ is coming through them uh, before Jesus is born, and then after uh, Jesus is born, you know, Christ still comes through people in uh, a big way, and He saves people's lives. So I think that that's a possibility that He could have been in someone else and ruling as a man and also ruling over everybody on a a spiritual sense. And that maybe now he's kind of left us to our own devices because we chose Satan for the short season for whatever reason. And in doing that, Satan was given this area called Tartary or Tartary. And maybe that's why it was covered up by the communists because they're like, Oh, well, we, you know, they might figure out that this is Tartarus and, uh, you know, we don't want them to know that. So we should probably cover that up a bit. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but that's I the think... one thing I can't wrap my head around is is why the need to cover it up. Right. And and, and then admit it like usually they did. They do a great job of just covering it up and no evidence. But for the CIA to put that document right. out there, it just it's it's one of those like little pieces of toast they throw out there, little breadcrumb that's out there for you that I, I just I can't figure out why. Well, maybe they realize that they forgot too many things to cover up and now they want everyone to worship Tartaria and, you know, let's bring Tartaria back, you know, oh, like that's a, a good point. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. My dog barked right in my ear, <laughs> barking in the microphone, going right in my ears. Oh, it's usually mine. Don't worry. She, but luckily, <laughs> she's passed out on the bed behind me. <laughs> oh no, mine was right under my uh, right under my chair. Um, so yeah, so the with the star forts, uh, I think, well, God is called the living waters. So I think that there would be that would be free energy. And Michelle Gibson, when she was on my show the second time, uh, we went over the waterways, the rivers and how the rivers are man-made highways. And I mean, if we're talking about free energy, uh, well, what more free energy is there than a flowing river to use when you're in a uh, ship? And you have what other types of free energy? Well, wind would be free energy as well. Well, if you make a building in a certain way with windows in a certain way uh, that a certain frequency is going to come through these windows and uh, you have pipe organs pushed up against the windows that are then producing a certain harmonic that's going to heal in conjunction with uh, water that you could possibly heat up and turn into steam to use that and another effective free method of energy I mean, we're talking about very simple things that could produce a free energy society with the breath of God, wind, and the living waters, which is God flowing. So uh, I think that it would have been more than just some evil, uh, corrupt thing that was being built for wars, that I think it would have been something that was or could easily be used for um, to harvest energy, to have these different patterns because they're these snowflake patterns. I mean, they're so beautiful, especially the ones with uh, 
uh, the outer rings, like there's one within a, a second one and it's so beautiful. And you're like, wow, what just admire this and what would this be used for? And, you know, the possibilities run through our minds that, well, what if the waters, because it was flooded, right? What if they were churning it in a certain way and it was higher, but then they used up the energy. They maybe they turned it into steam. I don't know if it it could burn up in that way. You know, it'd take a lot, but you know that maybe that's how they got rid of some of the water that that was here. And uh, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities, but I, don't, I just don't think it was an evil act necessarily. That these star forts were bastion forts that were for war. I I think some of them were, but I think the majority were energy harvesting uh devices of some sort yeah almost in the sense like a cathedral right they in the sense that they were were using frequency they were using vibration they were Mm -hmm. cymatic shapes that could have you know and you combine you know frequency and vibration and you will get different patterns that form so like you're saying, yeah, whether it was the water pattern that was causing it, whether it was the wind, whether it was a combination of two, or in some of these star forts, we find cathedrals. And in the cathedrals, you would have the bell, right? And, and one of the things they say about that is that that bell ringing throughout town is a healing frequency that's being right. sent out to people. And that, you know, they would ring it daily on the hour to send out healing vibes to people and that when people were in the church that the organ you know with music was playing and that with the sacred geometry in the cathedral that these were places uh, of healing now whether it was you know an actual physical healing or you know a re (laughs) i say reshuffling the deck right inside your body it was getting everything aligned as you know whereas outside you can get into chaos and and your body can be thrown off by certain sounds and other negative frequencies that these places were 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 that of healing and of positive frequencies yeah yeah i mean when you start to look at the organs uh, i mean they're just massive massive things that we have no idea why they would build something like that yeah why how and and of what yeah. You know, the, I mean, these, like you're saying, some of these organs are stories tall. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and they're usually up against a window, which is yeah. a, a very interesting because if you, and the windows have stained glass in them now, but if you were to take the glass out, or maybe not even stained glass, just it has glass in it now. But if you were to take the glass out, that it would still in a cymatic pattern, like you're saying. So, yeah, it's not a traditional window. It's right. it's got a it's got a specific pattern to it, a very detailed pattern. Right. Uh, and if the wind's coming in in a certain way, well, you know, just imagine if if you take putty, you know, or like Play-Doh or something, and you push it through a certain pattern, well, it's going to come out in that certain way, right? So that's how the air would work as well. That it would come out in that certain way. You're pushing it through. Well, then you're filtering out this certain frequency of air that's coming in through this pipe that's going down and coming out of the organ. And then you have these like uh, bowl shaped tops, uh, like the the top of a mosque or something, you know, how it's really rounded, uh, like a dome shape is uh, what I'm trying to say here. And it's then 
it's reverberating off and it's like going out and so many different things could go with that. And like you were saying uh, about the warming period earlier is that none of the buildings that were being built were designed to have heat or air conditioning of any sort. It was almost as if it was like perfect temperatures all the time. And they didn't have glass windows because they didn't need them because God was speaking to them all the time at these buildings that people wanted to go to these buildings that we call churches because God was speaking to them as the wind came in through the cymatic patterns and then came out of these uh, pipe organs. And like literally God was speaking, the breath of God is the wind and it was speaking to them. So what we talk about when we say God speaking to us, we think that we're having some crazy thought in our head and we don't understand that it's our thought. You know, that's how the general person like, Oh, God speaking to you. Okay. That's just your own thoughts, buddy. That yeah. They don't understand that. Well, firstly, God is within us and that's how God speaks to us. But secondly, that no, there, people used to go to these buildings to literally hear God through the music, through the wind. And that these buildings, they're built up on peaks of hills and mountains so that the wind would hit it in a certain way, just like you would build uh, like some kind of energy harvesting uh, water device, like a dam, you would build at the bottom of a waterfall, right? Because it's going to be flowing to you. So you want to be able to use it to your best advantage. You wouldn't want to try to do it, you know, where the water's stationary, you would want to do it where it's going to be beneficial. So and many of these were on a coastline too, yeah. right? So you would you would have that constant breeze coming coming through. And another thing I thought of when you were saying that is very few of these have the same pattern. So yeah. what you would have was a combination of different frequencies. And 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 that throws another, you know, avenue into this to look into. And one of the things I want to look into eventually is start trying to correlate the starfort to a cymatic frequency you know match the two Mm -hmm. shapes and see if there is anything more to it than that if there is some sort of pattern in the way they're laid out or if they're you know if if there's an abundance of 432 shaped uh well that's a really good point in, in one area and 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 see if there's some pattern to it that that there's that would lead us in a direction to show some maybe tangible evidence other than just you know our theories well you know what that brings me to the thought of that we're the body of christ right the earth is the body and and we are the cells and if you imagine your own body your own body may have different healing may need different things healed in different ways right like your kidney and your liver and your heart and your brain they would need different things to have different healing so that somehow these people knew to build these certain cymatic patterns in these certain spots because that part of the earth really needs this to be healed and you had a quote-unquote a race of people but it's not a, a certain skin color it was just the people group that lived in this general area this was what was best for them so they just stayed amongst themselves They're on that frequency yeah yeah I like yeah. that. That's a that's a great way of thinking about it. Yeah, and to to bring it all back to Christ's millennial kingdom is well, what does 
the Bible tell us about Jesus? It says he is a builder, right? It says he's a carpenter, but it's actually uh, the Greek word tecton, which is the builder. Well, who would be better to build all of these different structures, these frequencies, all these cymatics that we're talking about, these star-shaped uh, or these star forts, uh, all these different snowflake-shaped uh, buildings and, and structures. I mean, who would do that other than the master builder, the builder of all things, the the one who created everything in the entire world? Would he not be here to create physically during his reign to make these buildings that healed people and people would want to go to hear him speak to them. I mean, it just starts making much more and more sense when you look at a grand picture. The the only thing I'll throw at you is to, to play devil's advocate quite almost literally here is frequency can be used to help us, but it can also be used to control us. And one of the things that Paul got into in, in his talk of Janus and star forts is well, what if some of these star forts were used in a negative sense? They were used to control people. They were almost like the fluoride of their time that they could put them, they could play a certain frequency that would almost make them docile mm-hmm. and, and, and lose touch with, you know, that inner God almost. And I've thought about that side of it too, because, you know, I, I you know, in my uh, little dream world that I'm creating here. I like to think of it as, yeah, this is built for positive. This is built for the good of humanity. But then I also have to say, oh, well, you know, it depends when it was built because if it was built during outside the millennial reign, then this could have been a tool of control. This could I have think been something. It some- can be both. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. It's I like about putting the glass into the windows, you know, yeah. now people just go there because people go there, right? It's It's the control. People always go there, right? Yeah, that's a good point, Mimi. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think that, yeah, like you guys are just saying, it it could be used for that. So when we went to Star Fort uh, Mm -hmm. in St. Augustine, that one felt more like a war type of thing, that it wasn't as... uh, It wasn't as beautiful, even though I think that the cannons were added in. in. Yeah, we didn't go in. It It was a a long line, and, you know, we spent a ton of money already on a bunch of stuff so we just uh walked the i don't want to pay a bunch of money to go in an abandoned building but we did go, <laughs> go stare at some red <laughs> thanks show me the map <laughs> we did go up in a helicopter and, and i got shots of mm-hmm. it from overhead and it's not all that large you know like some of the ones in my series that i have pictures of there's whole towns yes at, inside there's castles Ooh, beautiful geez. castles inside of these things well that one had like just rooms so it felt like a a prison type of atmosphere where so i think that that was happening to a degree that they could be harvesting the energy in the same way and using it to guard people or whatever you know may have been the case um but i think that it takes like when we look at the construction of all the the different beauty uh, I don't think that like what we have now is called brutalism. Like that's literally uh, the name of today's construction and it looks brutal. So uh, I think that to get that beautiful construction, you would need people who were 
wanting and able and willing and knowing how to be that precise that I don't think that uh, these rulers ever really wanted to do the building themselves. That's why they've enslaved us so that we could carry them around, you know, like kings and queens on quite literally on our backs while we work for them. That's always is how it's been for them. So I don't think that we would have created those things knowingly. And I don't think that you can starve people and you can treat them poorly uh, in order to get them to build whatever it is that you want them to build. You know, I don't think that they could be sleep deprived and being whipped uh, in and building things that you can't fit a piece of paper in between because it's, uh, you know, so perfect. Like the yeah, way like they the story of the pyramids, pyramids right. Yeah. That it was built by slaves. I mean, right. you, you have to think about that logically to think that unskilled slaves were going to make these precise, pristine architecture. It just doesn't make sense. It would mm-hmm. have to be done by the most professional professionals, you yeah. know, or people that are, you know, paying absolute detail to it. Like, I mean, it, it's funny because I just got mm-hmm. done watching the uh, the E-War meltdown where he, I've heard about that. But I haven't he, seen uh, that. he did his 180 over one book over one cathedral that was built in the 20th century using, you know, power tools and stuff. Um, but that, you know, that is a beautiful cathedral that was built in the 20th century. So we have the ability to do it on a certain scale, but there's not the will there. And that's mm-hmm. where I think, you know, you're onto something with the millennial kingdom, because I feel like our will to do those great things has been sucked out of us by the parasites. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because now uh, everyone's out for themselves uh, for the most part, you know, people are out for themselves and those who aren't, there's a lot more things that need to be done than construct beautiful buildings you know there's the homeless like look how many people do great work with the homeless with uh like actual philanthropy where you know they're helping children and in other countries you know people are going there as missionaries and really helping people you know not the ones who are pretending in order to steal kids and all that but yeah yeah (laughs) not the un but yeah i mean there's there's so much that needs to be done so much more but if we were to the point where you know, we're all trying to heal ourselves of our generational trauma and and we're trying to be better people every day. Well, if we keep striving for that and everybody, you know, it's a snowball effect and everyone starts doing it. Well, once you get to a certain point, I mean, for us, it would be a long time probably. But once you get to a certain point, well, then you can start focusing on bigger and better things. You know, you heal yourself, then you heal your immediate family, then you heal your community, then it's uh, the region and and then the country, then the continent. Well, you know, what you're going to be doing in some of this is we're going to be creating, let's build this great building, you know, that we're all going to meet at on Sundays because this is the best time for it temperature wise and uh, whatever, you know, however it ends up working out, uh, you know, that you're going to be able to work on things for the collective 
because the individuals are being taken care of. So then it's just a snowball effect. So it would take in order to get all that stuff, you know, with horse and buggy would have been impossible uh, to build these buildings. And I mean, anyone with a pair of eyes. Well, it's, it's not impossible to build the building. It's impossible to build it in the time frame that they say it was done. Right. Because listen, you give them a thousand years with horse and buggy, you can build, you know, with pulleys, you can build just about anything, but to, to the story of all the materials and all the labor and the time frame that they did it in. Now this, this cathedral that they did in the, in the 20th century, took them seven decades to do took over yeah. 70 years to complete. So that's with modern tools, but we're, and we're told some of these great cathedrals went up in seven to 10 years, oh, yeah. you know, th- 1500 years ago. That just <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. You're definitely right. And correct me that. It, yeah. It could happen in, with horse and buggy, but it it's hell short of a time frame that they said. And just like with all the world's fair stuff, you know, two to three years, to build uh, hundreds of buildings hundreds of acres you know yeah Yeah. and even if you did do it with temporary materials you still can't do all that in two years you know it uh, it doesn't matter so Yeah. yeah and that's where i have a problem with these you know like this this guy flipping on everything and saying yeah well we've had some weak arguments and you guys are all lazy and all this shit. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, just because you have found a few and and basically what he was doing, he was going off of the biggest generalizations ever, right? Like, Oh, just because there's similar buildings around the world, there had to be a one world civilization. Well, no, there didn't. And we've said that there didn't have to be, there may have been, we can't prove it one way or the other. And then he went to, well, Just because, you know, all mountains that are melted are melted buildings. It's like, guys, that's the most ridiculous argument we've ever had, that every mountain is a melted building. Like, no, you can't make these broad generalizations about any absolutes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's what it was. It was just he's picking apart these absolutes. And that's where I got to the point where I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense because I don't believe and I'm not promoting any of those absolutes. Right. And and he, and he made it come off like we all are saying, like, we know this to be true. Whereas most anyone with any education in this, you know, that's doing these podcasts will tell you, no, I don't know. I believe a lot based on my research and, and what I've read and, and people I've interviewed. But right. I don't know anything because mm-hmm. I unless I see it and I experience it with my, you know, my own being, I can't say for a fact one way or the other that it did or didn't even happen. Right. Well, and that's the thing with conspiracies is we can say like, oh, no, it didn't happen that way. Like I can see that it didn't happen that way. This evidence says it didn't happen that way, but I don't know what way, but here's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not lazy at all. That as long as you are willing to just, just not dismiss it and say, no, 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 that's not possible. And then, okay. Well, if you're going to say that, then offer me an alternative, offer mm-hmm. me some brain food here, some brain candy to, to, think about and then I'll, I'll consider it well, and that's he, what i like about you know getting back to the millennial millennial kingdom that's what i like what you do about this is because you touch on so many different topics along the way but they all tie into yeah, the one yeah. and yeah. and that's what's such and and to hear that you have even more i'm like yes this is great <laughs> because that's the way i see this when people come out with these things and they're like okay this is it and then there's no expansion or, you know, 
I might have, you know, I may have overstated this. So I'm going to, you know, restate my position and add in these facts. That's when we start to get real good, good work. And that's what I love to hear about this because I found myself on this, like even I'm addicted to the Chicago World's Fair, as you can tell by my background, (laughs) that to this day, I mean, I'm still anytime I can find a book on an architect or buildings or anything, because I want to put the whole picture together and I don't have it. And uh, I've done, you know, probably almost 10 hours worth of videos and podcasts on it already, but I still feel like there's half the story I haven't been able to tell and haven't been able to uncover yet. So that's why I love this because this is one of those where you've done it rationally, you've gone through, you've done your research and then you've presented evidence. And now are you saying this is how it is for certain? No, but you're saying this is what I believe. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that's very respectable because it is based on experience and facts. Right. And, interpretation and even when i uh go into these different facebook groups that i'm in and uh you know i'm conversing with uh these christians that really know the bible very well they really know their research into like i said josephus in 66 ad and tacitus in 66 ad and there's a third uh guy in 66 ad that said they saw in the clouds uh armies surrounding cities and this is recorded history. And that's they're saying that that was the beginning of the seven year tribulation that, uh, you know, 66 to 73 AD was possibly the seven year tribulation. So I asked them questions. I'm like, well, you know, it says Rome was destroyed in 476 AD. And for the most part, they'll say, oh, well, you can't trust the timeline. I'm like, yeah, well, I, I get that's true. I, I and I don't trust the timelines. But there's still something there because there was still uh, I'm just I'm not satisfied with that answer. So I'm like, well, how did it happen? Did Jesus say he only return would return a second time? And he doesn't say that the Bible doesn't say he's only going to return twice or, or he's, he's only going to be here once and then return uh, once. It doesn't say any number, actually. So. Could it be that he came back in 70 AD and something happened then? And then he came back again for the millennial reign because there's a church age that's talked about in the Bible that's going to happen before the millennial kingdom, that there would be a church age where the word is being spread amongst the four corners of the earth. Uh, you know, all around the earth. And I, is that from 70 AD to the destruction of Rome 400 years later, is that the church age there? And then the dark ages is the millennial reign. But then again, you know, like I said, I think that maybe we're only in the 1200. So I don't know what's going on. I still have a lot of questions and, and there's, not a ton of information and it's very hard to find the information you got to really look into some old books and uh, it's not easy to do that so to do the this type of work and i you know yourself from doing all your stuff to do this type of work it takes a lot of time and in trying to 
collect information, enough information for one video, well, then you get a basis of starting three more and you're like, okay, well, these can be their own, but uh, I'm just collecting information along the way. So like I said, when I did my series, uh, part six was actually the last part that I added in, but I put it as six because, uh, you know, the way that I finished it off, I think was most appropriate, but uh, part six is the least viewed part out of all of them. And I think it's the most relevant for today and it's like way less views i don't know if the algorithms kept it down yeah i guarantee uh, it's because it says it has the revelation in the title right yeah i guarantee it yeah because it's a very weird thing where i match up the volcanoes uh these very historical volcanoes that match up with being the angels of revelation sounding their trumpets and they match up and when i started going through that it was blowing my mind more than any of the other parts. And I'm like, wow, this one is not like way less views than the other ones, like a quarter of the other ones. And I'm just like, that doesn't make sense. Something is off here. Yeah. That got thrown into the, uh, we can't let the public listen to this pile. <laughs> that got into the don't look up pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might yeah. as well put flat earth in the title at that point. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's if anyone's listening uh, that hasn't checked that out, I would go check out uh, episode six. I would go watch the video. Uh, like you yes. said, the, the audio, it, it's good quality, I guess. But the video really shows you, you know, mm -hmm. there's more on screen than you can just get through uh, my talking. And uh, we'll just briefly touch on them. You know, Krakatoa had the four it rang around the earth four times right and in the book of revelation it talks about four angels were going to be released at once and they were going to cause uh fire and hail and sulfur and, and smoke to destroy a certain amount of the world well guess what happened with krakatoa there was fire and hail and and sulfur and smoke killed a big portion of the people living in that area. Yeah. And it made the loudest noise that rang around the world ever. Yeah. Yeah. Four times it rang around uh, the earth. And so I, that's uh, the six angels trumpet would release the four angels. So I'm, I mean, that's very interesting. And when and we talk about that's almost 25 years after the Carrington event. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's a, like a little, you know, quarter century, you know, we start and we see a lot of this with the 20 to 40 year repetition patterns. Mm, that's a good things. point. That's kind of a cycle that I've seen, especially, you know, lately you look at things. I mean, we're right now seeing a very, very uh, interesting replay of the 1980s. You yeah. know, the early well, late seventies, early eighties is, is, it feels like we're yeah. back there all over again. Well, that's interesting. Cause I think Jupiter and Saturn are, uh, they conjunct every 20 to 40 years, something mm -hmm. like that. So, yep. yeah, but the planets don't have any effect on us. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. No, I love the people that say that, you know, oh, the stars, it's just, yeah, it's just that yeah, space stuff. Yeah. All right. Oh, There's <laughs> yeah well i think that they are us we're them like yes. on, on a smaller scale that's it's just, the as above so below right yeah exactly yeah as as within so without it's all happening on multiple multiple scales uh so the the seventh angel of revelation would have been 
this most recent uh, uh yeah the seventh angel would have been this most recent volcano that happened january 15th that rang out and it actually like vibra and tonga i believe right in january 15th 2022 it was on fire like in the sea yeah 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 yeah. everyone saw that explosion from space and i mean that i believe was the seventh angel because it says leading into it that there was going to be all these different events that ended up happening in 2020 you know i have it in there with the the great uh lightning strikes and the pearls of thunder which there's all these mysterious booms started happening all over the world. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff that gets into that. That possibly was the seventh angel of revelation. And to top it off, the statue of Liberty is dressed exactly like it's described. The seventh angel of revelation it has the robe of clouds on it. It has the, the horn or rainbow uh, like hat or whatever, you know, yeah. pillars yeah. coming off of it. It has the uh, it, one foot in the sea, one foot in on land because it's in on a little island that's surrounded by the sea. Uh, there's so many things with it. It's like, oh, that is what's being described here. It's so interesting. Yeah. The other the other piece that I found interesting from that episode was the Abaddon. Oh, yeah. And Abaddon. and the ties to our our man, Donald Trump. Yeah, well, so that, that was episode eight. The one yes. I got. Into oh, that. yeah, that was yeah, eight. Yeah. That was the last one. But that that uh, Ab- the Abaddon and Don. Oh man, you had me going there when I got. I started hearing that. I'm like, no, no, not again. <laughs> oh, bad Don. He's coming back. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, bad Don. What well, are the I think chances? We all kind of have that feeling that he is coming back. Well, well, here's a here's an interesting point because where we are right now, uh, the man Elon Musk just bought Twitter, right? And he has Neuralink, right? Uh, so when we talk about Christ Millennial Kingdom, they talk about who was uh, the Antichrist. Well, Nero Caesar in jewish gematria which the bible says his name in uh hebrew will be the number of his name uh, because every number in uh hebrew or every letter is assigned a number as well so in that language his the number of his name would be 666 well nero caesar equals 666 and when it's written out in jewish or in hebrew language it's adds up to that in jewish gematria so we have nero link right nero link nero link and and he's about to give power back to trump the dragon because he has dragon for Mm -hmm. spacex right Mm -hmm. is about to power the beast which is trump a bad don right and who else was powering Abed Damba Q or Quetzalcoatl, who was the dragon and a man at once? I mean, it's all the symbolism is there for what's happening, and people are being deceived. We're on the Great Deception podcast, right? People are being deceived in a great way that Elon is a savior, Trump is a savior, Q is a savior, they're all Kanye is a savior, they're all kind of working together for this one 
thing, I believe. And I mean, we have all fallen for different tricks and traps in our awakenings or before our awakening. So, and people still may be there. And, uh, you know, I mean, no disrespect to anybody. Uh, so you really got to do your research and understand that mm -hmm. the Christ within you is your savior, that there will be one Christ that saves all of us. And it is the Christ within all of us that saves us. So it's not ourselves saving ourselves, but people may word it that way until they get to a certain understanding and they realize that it's God working through them, not themselves working it. But it's not going to be an external person that saves you. You know, I can't, uh, you know, just grab you and shake you and be like, wake up. You know, that's not going to uh, work. You're going to have to experience your life and understand things the way that you do. And you're going to have to have your own book of revelations that you can write just like and everyone deserves that. You know, I've had this beautiful transformation. Everyone deserves to have their own understandings in that way. So yeah, just don't put your faith and hope into external humans. Uh, you have to just have the faith that God's working everything for the good and then we'll get there. But yeah, the, the Abaddon, uh, which is interesting when we have Napoleon, you know, and Apollyon. Apollyon. And yeah. That was the other connection that got yeah. me. Because yeah, when you George started, Washington when you were statue. saying that, I, I was looking into, um, oh, what was it? Uh, I was doing the apotheosis of George Washington in mm. the Washington Capitol, and Apollyon oh. came up, and Apollo came up, and a whole bunch of other, uh, you know, Greek and Roman gods came up, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is all the symbolism that they want us to look at that is going to take us down that wrong road. Yeah, well, and it's interesting. France has this weird connection, you know. There, the, there's so much to it that I named the episode "The French Connection." French connection, yeah. and I don't even get into the, the part about France until <laughs> 30 minutes in, and it's like a 45 minute video. But then, like the next 15 minutes is like all about France, the Statue of Liberty, Krampus, uh, Baphomet, all this stuff connecting, right? And uh, there's another interesting connection for recent times, for nowadays, actually. Uh, Larry Johnson, I just saw like two days ago, uh, he broke down on Instagram and said something like a possible antichrist uh, warning, you know, or person, something. And he was breaking down Emmanuel Macron or Macron, or however you say it, the guy yeah, the that French just stole president. the election in France. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of different weird things with him. I think there was a reach on a lot of it, but I think that it's happening on larger and smaller scales. And for that specific area that that guy could be, you know, that type of figure, just like we were talking about, I, I named these other guys, right? That they all could be these different figures for different people. You know, people who are listening to certain music may be, uh, deceived by kanye and people who are into technology may be deceived by elon musk people who are into politics may be deceived by trump people who are into conspiracy theories may be deceived by q you know there's so many different angles that has to be covered by uh the adversary that it can't just rely on one person to do all of it so it sends many antichrists 
And that changed. That's when my uh, idea on the whole thing changed, because initially I had thought, oh, it's just this one Antichrist. Right. It's the Mm -hmm. devil. It's no, there's many of them. And along the way, you may encounter multiple depending on, like you said, which avenue are you going down? Which frequency are you vibing at? What energy are you putting out there and and where you are in your journey? Because, yeah, there may be the Kanye, the Elon, the Trump, all of these different people out there that that people fall for. You know, what what do they what do they call famous people? They're called stars. Yeah, like that should tell you something right there, folks. Do not put your faith in stars. A Hollywood star, right? Yeah, uh, the Hollywood, the the uh, the wands, magic wands are made out of the wood of holly trees, and they're the stars. So the the magical stars. That's you know, and Mimi uh, is big right now on not using the term wish because you what you wish upon a star, right? What is that's like another perversion we're wishing well and i wish you happy birthday and wish this and wish that and <laughs> wish, yeah. wish 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 and i think that you pay for wishes i think there is a trade-off i think when you wish for something you know with a genie or however yeah. you do it i was just thinking aladdin as soon some, as you i have said a whole that. list of wish statements yeah. that they train you from birth with yeah, the you gym. know <laughs> The genie, the gin, you know, yeah. the uh, skinwalkers. And what you just said about the stars that you said a couple of minutes ago that, you know, you think we are the stars and now we're kind of ripping on Hollywood stars. But to me, I put them both together and I think, well, that just means don't put any faith in yourself because we are supposed to have faith in a higher power. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, like and you're gonna have, and and even then, though, you're gonna have the positive stars and the negative stars, right? Because right. you need the two poles to balance each other out. Also, yeah, um, is but I like that, Mimi. I'm big into the word magic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, me and too. The I idea have the word that, stuff. Yeah, that like I mean, even like when I um you know, in prayer and and stuff. And when I meditate, rather than saying I want, you have to say I will, you know, Mm because I want is saying something different. It's not putting your intention behind it. It's saying, you know, I I want you to give this to me without doing the work. Whereas I will is putting that action behind it, that you're going to do something to get this done. Not that you expect someone to give it to you. And I think there's a lot of words out there and there's a lot of power in words that have been, you know, you think about it like Latin is you, you said it, Emmanuel, dead language. How does Mm -hmm. a language die? Only Latin. I remember from like law class is, is this statement of, um, ignorance of the law is no excuse that's all i I know how to say that in latin and that's it that's all i remember well when so what i'm course what i'm thinking uh lately is that like latin uh was like the language of the elite quote-unquote elite of the world the one world language whereas english was the one world language of the commoners and english was like the pig latin (laughs) yeah yeah, that's that's what they say they call it pig latin right (laughs) because when you look at latin uh i know that uh french spanish and um italian all come off of latin but they're they seem very different whereas latin seems more closely related to english 
than those three do. You know, when you read it, uh, I mean, you switch out the F for, or the S gets switched out for Fs and the U's get switched out for V's. There's subtle things like that, but it still kind of reads the same. And it seems like maybe they changed it just enough so that the commoners would struggle reading it, but that they could read both and know exactly what's going on. Mm. So, that, yeah, because you, know. you see it. I mean, I, I've been reading a lot of books from the 1800s, and you'll see that mix right. of where a lot of books, the S's or F's, F's or S's, and S's or F's. And, you know, and it's, it's as well. It's a challenge to read, yeah. you know, but once, and again, once your mind gets trained to it, you can whip right through it also. Right. But in the beginning, yeah, it, it's, I did a, a live read on one of my uh, things on Tartaria and one of the whole books was in that old, you know, print and it was, it was challenge. Oh, yeah. And I think that's part of it. It's to, like you said, to make it not easy in order yeah. to get knowledge and anything of substance on this planet, you have to work, you know, yeah. there's, there's nothing that's easy to access or easy to gain. That's worth anything on this planet. Yeah, for sure. And getting back to, uh, I, I want, before we end, I want to talk about the one Antichrist that I thought may have been uh, the Antichrist at some point was Quetzalcoatl, the man dragon who was worshipped in Amaruka, you know, which is America. And the Amaruka is the double-headed serpent when we look at secret society symbolism, code of arms, you have the two-headed reptile right well quetzalcoatl was a man and a, a dragon it was the seraphim and the human mixture it was the virgin birth it was people being sacrificed to him uh, there's a lot of different things well in the book of job and this part really blew me away when i found this in the book of job it talks about uh God is speaking to Job, and I think it's in 41, 1 to 11, uh, something like that, where he says to him, can you put a hook or spear through the jaw of Leviathan? Uh, you know, can you essentially, can you defeat Leviathan in this certain way? And he says it multiple times. And then we have St. George with depictions statues artwork all over the world all these different cultures of him slaying a dragon by putting a fishing spear through the jaw of a dragon which the leviathan is the dragon it's the black goo dragon the blacker than black uh satan the old serpent the seraphim uh the one that was made to crawl on its belly that then was the sea, the monster of the sea. I mean, there's so many things to it, but when we like, why do we have this depiction? And not just do we have this depiction, but we have this country called Georgia, which remember we talked about Tartaria earlier. The IA means belonging to. So Georgia belongs to George and it's right next to Turkey, which Turkey is modern day Asia in the Bible, where it says the seven churches of Asia, the seven churches of Revelation are in modern day Turkey, and they were all destroyed. And there's just, you know, 
a lot of different dragon symbolism in Asia. But when we talk about Asia, we think of China and, and Japan and Korea and not Turkey. But guess what? There's a lot of different dragon symbol uh, symbology in old Asia as well. And in, I guess, uh, Western Asia. I don't know if Turkey would be considered Asian uh, modern day. I know it's like in the Middle East. I don't know. I guess the continent would be Asia still, but yeah, it would still be Asia. Yeah, it's definitely not Europe, right? Yeah, I don't think it's Europe. Yeah, I think it would be Asia, which is weird because Russia is Asia as well. So we don't think of it in those terms because we we think of skin color and uh, we they threw this term Middle East in there that really confuses things uh for us so it's just really weird that you know all these things start to line up the way they do and uh, i just found out tonight something about edgar casey had all these predictions about russia and said that russia was god's chosen people and i've come across some Mm -hmm. interesting things where saint petersburg used to be the capital of russia and that it may have been St. Peter's Gates, uh, you know, when they talk about St. Petersburg, it may be the virgin on earth of heaven's gate, St. Petersburg. Uh, just a lot of weird stuff that goes with it. But um, well, and that's a that's a place that has a lot of history to it in itself also, yeah. because that that's the one where Peter took it from the Finns. And then basically, because I came across this in my Tartary research, and basically what he did, he took all the Masons and he said, you're not allowed to work on anything but my city until my city is complete. And then he went around to all the tribes and he said, okay, you have to give me X thousand men to work on my uh, city until it's done. And 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 he was just, you know. Who was that that did it? Uh, Peter. From the Bible? No, no, no. Peter from Russia. Okay. Uh, the I think it, yeah, it's got to be Peter the Great from. Oh, let's see. We're talking seventeen. Is it seventeen thirty? I want to say around there. Okay, I'm gonna have to look into that. Maybe it's right. Yeah, because he was the pre. He was kind of the one who got that the the Romanov line really going. Hmm. Okay. That's. Very interesting stuff, you know. Um, I don't know how all these things connect. And just to throw another wrench in it, uh, you know, Andy uh, does all that box saga stuff. Well, he came across that Turkey may have actually been called Tour Key, maybe the key of Tour. That mm. uh, there's a, a weird connection with that. So, I mean, there there's so many different aspects that once you really start studying it, it's hard to get a grasp on all of it, but it's like all these pieces are just thrown on the table and there's still so many missing, but slowly but surely we're able to put together a puzzle and make a scene out of it, uh, you know, that we can understand. Now, is it the complete picture? No. Is it uh, a correct picture? We don't know, but the things that I've put together have really come to me through synchronicity and through a, a really uh, a long time of research. Uh, like you said, with reading all these old books, it, it goes slow. It takes a lot of time. 
you have to find there's not many people that do this type of thing to build off of their research which you you do want to do some of that but you got to really dig into it for yourself in order maybe you start with someone else's research and then expand on that so that you gain your own understanding but uh this type of stuff it takes a lot to piece together and uh i mean i i don't know if i'm right about any of it honestly it could all be wrong but it's just a very interesting story that uh we've been able to piece together here yeah and it only takes you know one interview one one book one anything one conversation to change your opinion and get you back to square one to restudy yeah it's a conversation amongst people like Mm -hmm. yourself and myself who have been doing deep research Mm -hmm. that okay our stuff starts to match up and meet up together together. yeah yes and that's what i've noticed a lot of stuff is starting to Mm -hmm. blend together where different factions of different people's studies are all starting to connect and that's Mm -hmm. what i like because you know, one of the reasons why I love you two is you're you're like us that uh, listen, I'm willing to change my mind. If you can present me with data right. and, and facts that that I can support. Yeah, I am. I am not. Sold on anything. I you know, I yeah. am willing to change and th- and I have I've done a couple, you know, 180s on things where I was pretty staunch in my early days uneducated obviously and and held a flag in the ground like no 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 this is the way it is right well had to fall on that sword and say no 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 i was wrong you know and but i'll I'll be i will gladly say that in the name of the truth right and 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 rather than go and keep preaching falsehoods i'd rather say hey man i was wrong i didn't know Mm -hmm. and now i do know better but I still don't know. And that's the thing. I don't want anybody to think that any of us know anything. Emmanuel came up with this outstanding, you know, presentation that's hours worth of work. But it, like you said, it all, it all could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you go and look at it and keep researching it more, like you said, you've already found more to add to it. So it can't be that wrong if a it's crossing multiple people's paths and we're able to keep on adding it and you haven't gotten a whole lot of people that are saying oh this is retarded this is totally debunkable i at least i haven't seen it yeah i haven't gotten anything and yeah uh, to that same token like my article we started off talking about wtf is a tartarian my beliefs has slightly changed from that but that doesn't mean that my beliefs now are correct or the ones then are correct so i haven't gone back and changed it because i think that that stands alone as a its own thing and you know that's one way of looking at it and then you can get into more when you get into this and it's not to say that either of them are correct or incorrect and maybe it's a mixture of the two and it's not like they're they differ all that much but um just slightly that i've changed some of my thoughts as i've researched more but it it really is just a continuation a building of getting firmer understandings and because it does have so many connections between the bible and history and even the people who don't believe in the bible it holds a respect value to it when you say okay well this is biblical then people's ears perk up 
uh, even the people who don't give it any credence, if they hear the term it's biblical, well, their ears are going to perk up. And if the Bible and history match up, well, then that does have some meaning in it. And there's a lot of biblical verses that match up, like Isaiah 27, 1, when we, I talk about the sevenfold son, like there's mm. there were podcasts that I was going on for months and I was talking about, I think there was a larger sun that was going around the outer circle that the Ottoman Empire's logo is depicting. Our current sun used to be the moon and it was turned into the sun somehow and there was a larger sun that was going around Antarctica and it exploded and that's why it's frozen there now. I was talking about that for months and it's a biblical verse and I didn't know that. It's called the sevenfold sun in Isaiah 27 1. And then there's in 1661, there's actually a sighting of a sevenfold sun. And then I find a crop circle that is depicting a sevenfold sun. And it's like, how am I finding all these things? This is the handiwork of God showing me that, okay, yeah, this happened. You've been talking about this, but you didn't know it's biblical. It's this, it's the Ottoman empire. It's uh, a crop circle. And now put it all together in your video. And now it may only be uh, like a seven minute piece to the puzzle. But to me, that was like, wow, I've been talking about this is the idea that I've had. And now this is kind of confirmation for me uh, in some regards, because I can't believe I just found this. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing, especially when you've been researching something and it comes out of nowhere. You aren't looking for it specifically, but it keeps coming to you. And I I hate going back to it, but Chicago, you know, for years, I've been not two years now. I've been fighting like, where are these construction photos? Where can I find some? Well, the other day, I just happened to come across an old book and there it were about a half dozen construction photos. And I'm like, okay, all right, cool. So I'm seeing some of them and I'm like, all right, so now I'm going to keep trying to manifest this and just keep pushing on and eventually slowly, but surely it'll come to you. And I, 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 you know, that's one of the things that keeps me in this to do all the deep dives and the research is that you never really come to an end. There really is no ending to any of these. It's, it's never ending. And you, you always see how they'll pop their head back up at the, at the right time and give you another little breadcrumb to say, okay, Now's the time you got to go back and look at this. And then when you do it, like you were saying, three or four more other things pop up that you never would have found otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so incredible. Like uh, when I was working on that part of it, uh, I, I was working like I was, it was a Saturday I was working and somehow like I had five minutes cause I was waiting on someone to write a check and it was just, like the sevenfold sighting and I'm like sevenfold sighting. This is a thing. And then I find uh, the biblical verse that goes with it as I, cause I just typed in, I don't even know how, like I heard it on a podcast. I don't know how it popped up. Maybe I saw it on social media, but I saw sevenfold sighting. I type it in and it's a biblical verse and it describes the biblical verse says, that the sun would grow seven times larger and the moon would become a light as bright as the sun. So I'm like, Oh, that is exactly what happened. That's the little warming period that's talked about. It became warmer all over the earth because there were two suns 
there was never nighttime. And that's what I was saying. I was like, there has to be, you know, this is how it was. And then when the sun exploded, well, that's what caused the Leonid's meteor shower, Mm -hmm. that the hundred thousand stars that were falling from heaven, that, that Jesus's words said would happen. Like that's what was going on. And wait a second, if these asteroids started striking the earth, well, then they would be destroying the entire earth. And wait a second, there's major uh, fires in all these cities worldwide. Was Is that what was happening? Were, were asteroids falling from the heavens? And was that what caused the mud floods? And is that why Antarctica is now called, you know, by flat earthers, they think it's a ring of ice? Like, okay, that's really weird because there's maps in the 1500s that depict Antarctica as a tropical land. And there's actually very large birds and very weird animals, dinosaurs being depicted in the 1500s, which we're told dinosaurs weren't quote unquote discovered until the 1800s, 1850s. So how are people depicting them? Like one bird is so large, it's carrying an elephant in its claws uh, in Antarctica, which was called Tierra del Fuego. Fuego, yes. And one more part about this is remember that America was Amaruka, the land of the serpent, right? The feathered serpent. If you go on, anyone goes right now on Google Earth and you look at the land in between South America and antarctica it looks like the head of a serpent and i i'll pull it up here in a minute if uh you want me to it looks like the head of a serpent and where they call tierra del fuego now is in south america not in antarctica and it's super weird did was there some kind of huge dragon or serpent that was living here that was killed and then came to rest there because the sun exploded and it's now frozen. Because if you remember, you know, there's another weird piece of information. If you remember, I think it was in 2016, Buzz Aldrin went to Antarctica and he tweeted out, which was quickly deleted, and he was sent on uh, like a some kind of psychiatric trip. Sent to rehab. This. Yeah, rehab, <laughs> they call it. Yeah, he tweeted out. It's evil. It's pure evil. Uh, something to this effect. You guys can uh, find that tweet, even though it was uh, deleted almost instantly. But did he go see that it's Satan down there, this huge dragon that is now being thawed out as Antarctica is being thawed out? Yeah, that's wild. I mean, it's it's crazy. I'm going to pull up this uh, video real quick. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, because it's the it's one of the most interesting things that you could. Uh, OK, let's see. Let me share my screen here. Uh, where are we at? OK. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's insane. What? 
for those listening, it, yeah, you take you go from the tip of uh, South America and you start going east, uh, you know, a couple hundred miles, and then you come down towards where the tip of Antarctica comes out. And if that's not a serpent, I don't know what is. <laughs> and they used to be connected, Antarctica and yes. South America. And if you actually, so this guy didn't get it captured on here, but if you go on Google Earth, the whole Pacific Ocean, it looks like wings to the serpent that they're almost matching up. And this this thing would have been massive, right? Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, let me uh, I have never seen here. that before. I, I've seen maps where the two lands were touching, but I've never yep. seen this. Yeah, look, these are islands. That's like right look, where it's look at are. the eyes. I mean, it's almost yep. like this is fake. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, look at that. It's like these different islands are like it's different. Nose holes. Yeah, man. nose holes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it crazy, looks like... man. What, like, what do we live in? <laughs> you know, like, what is this world? Well, then you start looking at some of those, uh, you know, some of the mountains that, you know, look like yeah. dead people, or dead giants, dead animals, like yeah, I'm not dead, faith. but petrified. Yeah, I'm in uh, some Facebook groups and uh, some uh, Instagram. Uh, I follow some Instagram pages that are called uh, like Siba, I think it's called, or Biba. I forget exactly what it is, but it's the rocks were alive. Oh, and man, yeah. it's just the most awesome stuff. But it's like, well, just like, need to look at. Well, and exactly what would happen if there was a larger sun, then that means that there would be larger beings. Yep. And if all of a sudden it exploded, then all the oxygen would be sucked up. All those things could be petrified in an instant like that. It could heat everything all of a sudden, and then there would be a big cooling period, right? And that's why Antarctica is still frozen. It's uh, still thawing out to get back to what it used to be. But things would be petrified. And, I mean, we do see that all over the world. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's there's no doubt that you see evidence of it all over. Mm -hmm. Now, is it us being creative with our imagination? Possibly. But if you, you know, you look at it and I can show it to normal people that aren't, you know, in our in our area or line of work. And and they would say the same thing. Yeah, that looks like a person. Yeah, that looks like yeah. an elephant. Oh, that yeah, that definitely looks like a turtle there. OK, well, nature of life. Yeah, yeah. It's the larger and smaller scales. We are the cells of the body that is the entire earth is the body of Christ. And we are just the cells of it, the way our bodies have billions, trillions of cells or whatever in it. You know, it's. Yeah, it's that's why thing. that guy at Mud Fossil University gets me every now uh, and yeah, then. When he great. gets into some of the rock stuff, it's like, wow, you see that? And like, yeah, well, I could see that being bone. I could see those being tendons. Yep, that's quite yeah. possible. Yeah, I was watching one the other day and he's even pointed out, he goes, well, this would be the sphincter. And <laughs> what would happen is it would explode and it would do this and would make all these every time it would explode it would make a new line of it, it didn't happen to be new york city was it no <laughs> this was in africa this was like this one dragon i think it was called like metallic dragons or or iron dragon something like that and it was like the whole top of africa was just this one uh dragon wow 
Yeah, it's crazy. It was actually uh, like some kind of battle going on between two different uh, ones, but the one was more defined than the other one. So it just it's crazy stuff that goes on in this place. When we talk about Jack and the Giant Beanstalk and uh, Paul Bunyan, I mean, they were probably real things not all that long ago. Yeah. Tower yeah, I mean, Babel, there's things the going heaven. around right, right now out there that the Sahara Desert's like 400 years old. That's it? Yeah, that's what there's. Yeah, there's some people going around. I haven't researched it, but I've mm. seen a lot of memes in the last like two weeks going around. Yeah, that people are now saying the Sahara and they have evidence, supposedly. Mm. You know, I have I don't believe it yet so because I haven't looked into it. In- 13 1400s minus 400 years yeah well did the did the earth tilt because that big old serpent laid on the ground and now the water from that was in the sahara because the sahara was probably yeah if we're in like a bowl and it you know you're moving the water around that makes sense because i forgot who it was somebody sent me a bunch oh um my buddy davy was showing me uh, a map from like, I think it was the 1600s. And there was a lot more water on like, in in like Brazil, um, the Western America, even parts of Europe, Africa, throughout like, you know, where the Sahara would be there, there was even water there. It was like, wow, this is a crazy map. I'm like, where'd you get it? He's like, I don't know. I got, oh, you know what it was? It was the map on the Hindenburg. That's what it was. Check that out. The map on the interior of the Hindenburg. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, that's an interesting map to look at. I don't know if it's a if it's a you know just a drawing or if it's supposedly based off an actual map because it does not resemble what we look at today. I follow uh I'm the improbable dreamer. Yes. Oh on instagram yeah he he just put out something i think it's like doctor something on tiktok uh that he put out uh that how did they make these maps well maybe they were in these flying ships and they were literally drawing what they saw and that's how they were so accurate with it because to me that is a weird thing to be able and i'm sure that there is people who are skilled enough to do it from the waters but to be as accurate as that, I mean, it would help a lot if you could be looking down at it when you do it. So, well, it's like the star forts, right? It makes you wonder yeah. how were they so precise if they had no aerial view of it? I mean, right. the, the Nazca angle, lines, everything, yeah. And then, and then if you look, you know, you go on a grander scale and you start looking at, you know, what people say are the ley lines. Right. And how things line up on ley lines. And it's like, well, how is that possible when you're on opposite sides of the earth? Yeah, there's something more than we know. That's for sure. Yeah, this, this place is wild, man. I, you know, I have so many wild ideas, but then I just find evidence for it. Like, you know, that dragon thing that I yep. just showed you. I mean, that just blew me away. And I'm already looking at Amaruka and what came i think this was like maybe easter or the day before easter that i saw that and then mud fossil university that guy popped up with that other video about showing the dragon and all of its scales going across all of like northern africa and i was like man what is going on here like what 
is the same thing just happening over and over on larger and smaller scales? Like, was that Leviathan on like a huge, huge level? And, and now yeah, and that ties in with St. George, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned before how he's the dragon slayer and yeah. was he the, you know, was he, and, and I always, I'm always interested by the, the serpent analogies, alliterations, whatever you want any comparisons, because they're, they're all over you know, throughout. And you always see this, whether it's a snake, whether it's a dragon, whether it's some sort of combination of the two. Right. Um, Well, your uh, picture, you have the serpent, your logo. I mean, the serpent with the eagle. Well, that's that's Amaruka is the serpent and the eagle. And it's so interesting. Andy and I do worship in the storm together. And he always says, he's like, it's like, uh, you know, family fighting each other. And when I found Amaruka is actually it would be a double headed serpent or a serpent and an Eagle together. And then you look at Tartaria's flag is a dragon and the, or an owl. Oh yeah. There you go. It it would be a massive bird with two heads, uh, uh, the double headed uh, dragons of the coat of arms. I mean, it all links up the serpent. And, and that the... goes to double headed eagles that yep. are prevalent throughout the, you know, Everything. all throughout. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah and that, well, North America is the eagle. South America is the serpent, right? You yep. got think of the Amazon, these large snakes, right? And the the eagle dominates uh, Mexico, their flag and the uh, obviously america i mean it's north amaruka is the eagle south amaruka is the snake serpent yeah yeah and and they're fighting each other they're anki and enlil they're brothers they're you know and that's that's what gets me back to where you we started a while ago with this being possibly the real old world and that the real battle may have been between north america and south america and 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 those were the great tribes of old, but prior, you know, and Egypt, Egyptians were possibly here in the Grand Canyon. And I got to send you this uh, YouTube, uh, this guy on YouTube, he's breaking down that the Americas were Atlantis and it's going to blow you away. I found, well, he found it. I don't want to say I found it. He found that there were uh, books of, and he, so he's English and Spanish uh, speaking. So, he pulls from all sorts of different locations and uh, he found evidence of there being three different Indias and three different Ethiopias. So when we talk about like the West Indies, that was one of the Indias, but there was also an India in America and uh, there's just, it's biblical, it's historical it's you know actually historical like he's looking at books that he's renting these old time books on websites in order to search different words and uh he does such great work that america is atlantis and there's another guy that does you know america is egypt he has a 10-part series on it there's so many people that break this stuff down and the commonality is that they all use the Bible because it's a historical book. It's not just a religious thing. It is a historical thing as well. Yeah. And there's other texts too, right? The, you start oh, yeah. looking into the Apocrypha and things like that. And the pseudographia. it's like, 
there's a lot of lot of knowledge out there in in the Bible and the and the text associated with the Bible. And I, you know, <laughs> I'll admit until about three years ago, I had never read any of them. And yeah. since then, I've I've I have read through the Bible once. Um, I definitely plan to do it again now with a different perspective. I did it during 2020 during the lockdowns uh, to save peace of mind. And uh, and yeah, now after hearing, you know, all the stuff you've presented, all the stuff I've heard from other folks, I, I definitely think I'd read it with a totally different perspective now. Well, the way that I read it, this is most beneficial for me. I mean, I, anyone can read it how they want, but I read uh, like two, three, maybe four chapters at a time. And uh, so when I do my Bible study, I really break it down with everybody because I do a Bible study every Sunday. But when I'm, I read it by myself is every day in the morning, I'll read two, three, four chapters, and then I will uh, do a little meditation. I'll close my eyes, you know, I'll be in the dark and just let whatever information come to me, come to me. And I, I'll think about what I just read and I'll put myself in the situation, especially when I'm reading the gospels to try to put myself in the situation that would have been there. And it starts speaking to me on a whole new level. It gives me such clarity. Whereas before uh, I was being deceived in different ways in how spirituality works and, and communicating with things and all. But once I started doing that, it like all that stuff cut out and it was like, no, this is the real picture. Like you can see the image through the grainy image that is on your TV. You can make out a beautiful, beautiful picture. So uh, it all depends on who the person is. But when you do it, something like that and you're you're reading it and only a little bit, not too much to, you know, that it's just going to go in one ear out the other. Oh, and another, I read out loud. I say it out loud so that I'm hearing it as I'm reading it and I have to pay attention to it more. Uh, and that really helps as well. Yeah. Hearing it is key for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, man, I can't believe uh, we've been on this long already and yeah. I could go on for hours more, but for the, for sanity's sake, <laughs> I think we, we should draw a line in the sand here, but I wanted to just, uh, if you had to sum it up in very simple terms, how would you see Christ's millennial kingdom and where are we in it today? Okay. So, okay. The way that I would have seen Christ's millennial kingdom is that humanity would have been working together for a long portion of a thousand years, uh, probably 800 or, or so, maybe more, you know, I can't say for sure, but I think that there probably was a section that was broke off to itself and was doing satanic worship in private uh, to some degree, maybe, you know, not all that many, but it, it was still going on in some effect. But that for the most part, it was a beautiful, loving place. And all of those people were raptured away or where they were actually some of them may have been killed during these times, you know, of war and pestilence and, and all that happened uh, in the 1800s. 
that there were people who died and i think that whoever didn't was raptured away and then when the carrington event happened it was like some kind of switcheroo where then the final demonic forces were released you know it says in luke i think it's 10 18 jesus said and i saw satan fall like lightning while the carrington event would have looked like lightning so i think that maybe that's when he was boom in here i don't know uh just an idea that i had uh but i do think that the rapture happened then and that we're in the uh short season of satan that's a tongue twister say that three times (laughs) uh and that i think we're coming up on the white throne judgment and i've talked to other people who feel that we're being led that way you know people who are really in touch with christ who are telling me like god's calling me to do deeper research like he he called me away from it for a while to get in touch with my family but he's calling me to do more research because the white throne judgment is coming and people you know that i don't talk to that often or i haven't talked to in a while or are telling me that recently without having known my series uh, about my series and i'm like oh do you know what i just put out and and that i stopped doing as many interviews because god wants me to spend time with my family and do research into end times prophecy to get a handle on it so it's happening uh, to multiple people all over the place so not that that really gives a credence because i mean anyone can make the case for anything but just to me and my understandings uh, i think that it it gives it credence to me so it doesn't have to give a credence to anyone out there but i think that there is going to be a judgment of sorts and that um you know when i tweet something out and then like i'll take screenshots of it and post it on instagram like these are moments of uh, prophetic words, if you will say. I'm I'm not saying I'm a prophet or anything, but just words that are coming through me. That uh, like I I just get this overwhelming sense to share what I'm typing up, and I do. And then a weird thing will happen, you know, the next day or two days later, or four days later. You know, that's not too long after. And it's like, wow, that's so weird that 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 just lined up, you know, some kind of mainstream event lined up with uh, what I just tweeted out. But like today, it's the the uh, what do they call it? The Ministry of Truth. But it's like the disinformation uh, board of governance or whatever that uh, Biden's team just uh, uh, released on the world or, or on America and. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I was tweeting about the spirit of truth uh, being prevalent within all of us. And that's how we understand truth is we recognize it. The truth within us will recognize it in other people. And I mean, it just everything kind of works that way. And uh, I think that we all just should get in touch with ourselves so what i was again i was today i tweeted out that like you can't get a ticket into new heaven just by sharing your truth or just by claiming the name of jesus or just by you know outwardly externally pushing things out there 
you know, it has to be an inward change of your mindset, of renewing of your mindset, of being one like, exactly like Christ in your own way, of course. And that is how it happens. And that's that's the ticket into it is we all change ourselves. So I don't want anyone thinking, you know, I'm up here preaching that you're going to burn in hell if you don't uh, turn to Jesus. But if you act like him and renew your mindset and you study the book that was prophesying him and then his words exactly, you know, him being here, well, then you'll have a uh, a pretty good understanding of what you got to do in order to make new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem happen here and now. And we get rid of the adversary for good and go into what the Bible uh, calls the eternal state. Yeah, there's no better time than now to get right with yourself and to yes. get right with your faith, right? I mean, this is this is one of those times, and and if you're not going to do it now, I don't know if it's ever going to happen because after you know the last couple of years, I'll admit I was not a, I've never been a religious person, but man, I have become very spiritual, very faithful in the last two to three years and and it's changed a lot of things and i think you know i'm not i'm not a preachy person by any means but i think that each person needs to do a deep dive you know and and get get yourself correct because we're we're on some times where some strange stuff is going to happen and by yourself being in the right mind i think you'll be able to handle it because i think there are many that will not be able to handle it and will break and no, we'll yeah. shatter under under what's going on. So, hey, to each his own. But you guys, you know, and and I I love what you guys are doing because you're not only talking about it, but you're actually doing it. You know, with oh, the yeah. food farm, I see you guys are doing that. I'm so happy to see that you guys getting that going, and it just seems like everything's on the right track right now. So I, I I'm, I'm ecstatic for you guys. Yeah, my favorite thing to talk about yes. to like strangers. I'm like, you know what I just got? <laughs> you know what I just got? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you uh, started in this uh, community with the Disney stuff, right? And now look, look at what's going on uh, with mm-hmm. Disney. I mean, people are turning their backs on them. So I think that you probably had uh, a hand in that, you know, collectively speaking. Shine the light on it. Yeah, yeah. You, you were doing it on your scale and mm-hmm. now it's on a larger scale so it happens you put your energy and thought into something it's going to be produced at some point in time mm-hmm. in the external world you just have to really know what you're putting your time and energy into so that we don't waste our time you know like i don't know that anything's actually wasted because we do learn from it but you know that we're putting our energy into things that are going to benefit us uh quicker and more collectively by doing, you know, with the food forest abundance, like you said, yeah. put it, shining the light on world fairs and Disney and the millennial kingdom. Uh, I, I really want the conspiracy theory community that aren't looking at the Christian aspect to really look at this with an open mind and not just my series conspiracy R us does a great job on all this as well. Uh, but to look at all this, and see for yourself like does this make more sense than what uh, i mean a lot of people don't even really have any idea that's just like tartaria is just like splatter on the wall 
Whereas, you know, I'm, I think with the Christ millennial kingdom, you can start to make a picture out of that splatter and uh, have an understanding on it. So I, I would encourage everyone to do your own research, go to my series. If you would like, I, I lay it out uh, fairly nicely, but really do your own research into this to see if uh, there are legs to stand on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it, and if it stands the test, it will, it will be out there forever. Right. And that's, that's what I, I agree with you just, and everyone, the link will obviously be in the description, go check it out. Um, Emmanuel's YouTube page is, is, is a good one. I enjoy the interviews and I did notice, I was like, wow, he has cut back on some of the interviews. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's funny to watch people. You know, I I have a, you know, a lot of friends that I watched in, in, in here and some of them were cranking out over the, especially over the winter, like, four or five episodes a week. And I'm like, yep. slow down, slow down because you're going to, you're going to come to a time where you're not going to be able to keep up this pace. And if people expect that out of you, you're, you're setting the bar a little high. I'm like, space it out a little, right. enjoy it. And then, then, but then they also got sidetracked on side projects and I'm like, good. I'm like, I, now I start to see, cause you get to see different sides of people too. Like I, I love seeing the investigative side of you. You really dug into this series really well but at the same time, I love hearing you ask questions, you know, and oh, talking to you. some cool people and Trying and hear what you info. can get out of them. Yeah. Right. That's a little yeah. different than somebody else, because that's another problem we have in this is you get the same people interviewing the same guests going around. It's like if you can't pull same anything. Yeah. yeah. If you can't pull anything new from them, why have them on? Right. You know, and I've had a few guests that I've turned down just because I don't think I can bring anything new to the table out of them and i don't want to just have them on to repeat what they've done on everybody else's show that's not the point of my show my show is just to bring new stuff to people and interesting so yeah it's interesting i had uh, i have like maybe two bad reviews on uh my podcast and and one of them was uh without mccoskey they just wanted to hear the guests and i my intro was too long (laughs) <laughs> Which I, I actually I took that in and was like, okay, let me put that to the outro just in case you know people are coming for the guests. But then the other one, it was like, all this guy does is talk about himself. He, he cuts the guest <laughs> off, and uh, he. I was like, okay, you're I don't supposed to talk as a host. You're supposed well, to talk. <laughs> I don't think that I I do that too much, but I think that uh, maybe he was talking about someone where. You know, it's someone who's been around and it's like, okay, I want to bring my perspective to this person. It's a conversation that we're having. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not just, I'm not an interviewer. I'm not Pierce Morgan up here, you know, (laughs) not Fox news, Manderson pooper. Yeah. I'm I'm here to, I'm here to give my perspective. Yeah. And I can't listen to people that are straight interviews either. Like I want to hear your, your interpretation of this. Like, right. And if I get a chance to talk to LA Marzulli, you know, I, and I can bring him ideas, like I'm going to do that. I, oh yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to expand someone's mindset. So that's, that's just how I am. And I think that's what makes my show unique and, and the people that like it like it because I do relate what they're saying to my life because I'm really trying to show people how, they can do that with their own lives. And that's what helped me was I started thinking along those lines, like, okay, if I can relate to this, then others may be able to do the same thing. And then they can see the bigger picture and they can expand their 
own universe and understanding. So that's what it's all about. I mean, it's nothing more than trying to help people become greater in one way or another. That's beautiful. And I think that's a great place to stop. Where, where can they find (laughs) all? No, no, that's, I I love that because that's a good positive way to end it. I don't want to end on any negativity or any of that. Where can we find you? If if everyone that's listens to my show knows you by now, you've been on multiple (laughs) times. So, but please do share, let people know where they can find all your great work. Okay, so my audio podcast is Godcast the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. And I still am putting out like one episode a week now. So you guys can still catch me there. Uh, YouTube is Goodness Over Darkness. Uh, just Goodness Over Darkness for the YouTube channel. Uh, I have an eight-part series, you know, on Christ's Millennial Kingdom. I have a three-part series on the Book of Enoch. I have a two-part series on the uh, biblical apocalypse that happened in the 17 1800s as well as a video portion of all my uh, podcast uh, episodes um, my website's emmanuelkingman.com that's i-m-m-a-n-u-e-l kingman.com and there you can check out my blog article wtf is a tartarian as well as the photos of my clouds that come to me all the time and and so many other weird things that uh that occur but i have a bunch of different blog articles on there the food forest reveal on there yet we need yes. to get that on there it's uh, yeah, on you the gotta website. get that up no, there. it's not yeah you get I'll that get, up there yeah i'll get the food forest yeah that <laughs> mimi uh put that together for us that video he did a lot of the work <laughs> i took the pictures and i edited the pictures but he really helped me with the uh slideshow the video, video. Yeah. yeah it came out well show. though yeah, it was good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was it was tough because I was so tired and she was she was struggling. So I was like, all right, let me do it. He did it so fast. I was like, you know, so slow. <laughs> and I love that we use Nomad's, uh, you know, intro intro yep. music. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, just if you you can find my social media on all those uh, different platforms or mm-hmm. I mean, on my website, mm-hmm. all my social media is on there. Or, or in the description of any of my episodes or YouTube. Yeah, and it'll be in the description here too. So please okay. go check out all Manuel's great work. Well, thank you. And make sure you guys like all of Matt's stuff. Give him a rate and review. Matt is one of the best researchers that I've ever met. And he he is a very professional guy at all of this stuff. You know, Instagram, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys are sharing his stuff around. He does such great work. Do not skimp out thinking that oh someone else is going to do it. You have to be the one to do it. Yeah, please do because I get like fifty people that view a post. It's like it's pathetic. I'm so banned, and but the people I do interact with are great. So yeah, any anything would help. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, thank you guys, and uh, as always, everyone stay strong and question everything. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, 
There is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people, for I have complete confidence in the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors, for as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away 
and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent.